With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just before we kick off today's episode of the Claret and Blue podcast, we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about the show. As of today, our podcast will be hosted on the Global Player app. Don't worry though, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or even Acast, that's fine. But we do recommend that you download the Global Player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player. The Global Player is available to download on iOS and Google stores. Thank you very much for your continued support and let's get underway with today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Claret and Blue podcast. This week we are doing our Aston Villa unpopular opinions. Uh, I did a tweet yesterday asking for people to send in their unpopular opinions, which we'll get to later in the episode. But today we've got two each that we're going to sit through. So we've got myself, Matt Kendrick and James Rushton. How are you doing, boys? I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking. It's interesting that it's called unpopular opinions because if you try reading the comment section of our uh, of YouTube, you'll probably realise that most of our uh, most of our episodes are unpopular opinions. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, <laughs> let's go with it. Let's let's stay true to our convictions. James, how are you? I'm all right. Glad to be back on. It's boiling in this room as well. <laughs> unpopular opinions. Obviously, it's something that you know you don't want to go too mental and uh, set yourself apart too much from the rest of the crowd but it's something that you believe in or something that you don't believe in that most other people do so who wants to go first because i don't really want to go first i'll be honest shall i uh, chip in you go first james take one for the team go for it it's got nothing to do with wearing it at all but i think tim sherwood has probably the best um, fashion sense of any villa <laughs> managers probably ever exist it's a great start are you wearing this garment as we speak james yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Nice. So, I've, I think I've still got the order. I bought it off, um, I think it was Depop, and the guy saw the article I wrote about it and messaged me saying I didn't wow. think this would be in an article. Oh, I, can't, I don't know if I can find it anywhere, but it was like, it must have been not much more than 15 quid. Do you want to explain what it is to those people who haven't got the joy of YouTube who are just listening? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, so I'm wearing a uh, Tim Sherwood July. It's got a stopwatch in there. I don't think it's so much action, to be honest. I've got a whistle as well. Bonus items. There is a bit of, like, dried spit inside. Oh, so no. I've been really... <laughs> I'm not touch it. <laughs> Mate, get, get that washed down immediately. It's like a, a holy relic, isn't it? It's not, like, <laughs> it's not a positive thing. This is not a positive thing. Like, what I'm wearing is not a positive thing. But if you look at Villa's history and what the gilet means and what Tim Sherwood <laughs> means, it's possibly like as close as you're going to get to like the Pope's kind of <laughs> raiment. What I would say about Tim, Tim, what's his name? Tim Sherwood's gilet. It's harmless enough, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Why is this an unpopular opinion? By the way, I'm pretty on board with this at this point. I don't know, I just thought I'd say it. <laughs> you just wanted to wear the coat, didn't you? I suppose if you're saying that it's the greatest fashion item, James, of, a, of an Aston Villa yeah. manager, who can we com- compare it against? And really, I'm just, I'm just trying to think what, what managers used to wear down the years. My mind is kind of always stuck in like the recent times, and when you think of mm. Dean Smith and Steve Bruce who took a polo shirt into trackies, then <laughs> they, <laughs> they ain't got much going for them, to be fair. I always um, remember Bruce... In the playoff final against Fulham at Wembley, <laughs> I was going to say that 
wearing wearing a short sleeve white shirt, and he looked like the yeah. coach driver. He didn't look. He didn't look like a football manager. He looked like he, was, he just looked. I mean, I think that's why he didn't get to it. You know, Villa were trying to force it to get to extra time. That's why they never got the yeah. equaliser in the end because he wanted to get off. You've got to get people back on the National <laughs> Express coach and, and back up the M6. I think. I think I agree. I don't think that is that unpopular. I think I agree with you. Now I've looked at some pictures. I think yeah, that's fair. Just thought I'd say. I, I, it's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I've got to get Tim Sherwood in there. Maybe his coaching ability. Then I think we'll change it to his coaching ability, and that he was perhaps. But my now my new pop, unpopular opinion is that Tim Sherwood, and I think I saw this on Twitter as well, and I completely agree, is that Aston Villa's board shouldn't have bought the good players they bought because Tim Sherwood get, didn't get on with them. And if they bought the players Tim Sherwood wanted, we might have been able to make some kind Ooh. of fist of it. Are you saying that Tim Sherwood was actually a half decent manager after all, but wasn't given enough time? Nah, not at all. I'm just, say, I'm just saying that uh, if they had fully backed him, not by buying all the wonderful players they did. If they had fully backed him in his plan, he'd have probably been able to make a better fist of staying up. I've come up with a working title for the, this segment on James's first unpopular opinion. Could we call it Gillette rather than Gillette? And then it can be Gillette, the best a manager can get. <laughs> you having that? Oh, yeah, not bad, though. Oh, God. Do you want to go next, Matt? Because I really still don't want to go. You've got to be brave eventually, Dan. But yeah, I'll go with I'll go with my uh, first one. I don't know whether my first one's... I think my first one might be more unpopular than my second one, but we'll, we'll give it a go. Okay. Alay, alay, alay is overrated oh. as a chant. That is unpopular. I'd like to see where you go with this one. I don't know, I don't know where I, this I, one could go. I feel, like, what? I feel like we should be asking questions here, James. Why is it, what do you mean? What, how is it overrated? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've got me already. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. It's overused and it's, okay. it's, I don't, it gets on my nerves. I mean, don't listen, don't get me wrong. I'll be belting it out, um, you know, at the top of my lungs if there is such a thing. Uh, and I'll be singing and chanting it along with everybody at Villa Park when it gets going. But I think it needs to be harnessed by more chants around it. I think it's like the Jack Grealish of chants. I think it's kind of, <laughs> I think it's carrying the atmosphere. And it's meaning that yeah. not, not on the other chance have to turn up. They're just kind of, do you know what I mean? They're just kind of putting too much responsibility on that poor chance shoulders. But I just remember Villa Park in, in the olden days, and I'm talking probably back in the kind of glorious years of the, of the mid-90s, and there'd be tons of chance, you know. There'd, there'd be, yeah. Every player would have a, have a brilliant chant of his own. There'd be three or four really good, well, there'd be more than that. There'd be six or seven really good strong chants. And you just felt that... There was a proper atmosphere building. I feel it just feels a bit forced. I don't know what more you want me to say. I think I, I think I've more than justified my opinion that <laughs> it is used too much. It needs a support cast of uh, of greatest hits surrounding it. Uh, I don't mind it, but I'd probably like it more if it was um, if it was a special treat rather than a, <laughs> yeah. rather than a, a, a regular staple. I'm not going to completely disagree, but I think there's a reason. Like there's a load of reasons why. It's so popular, and that's A, because it's, it's very catchy. It's really catchy. Um, I think the reason it's caught on at Villa so much is because it came like, it came to the forefront at such a positive time for the club, mm. which is quite rare that there's a positive time at Aston Villa, and that a, a fairly, I would say, unique chant springs up that then gets kind of rinsed out. But that was kind of the, it was a new chant for Aston Villa, and it comes up at a, uh, I think the first time I heard it was a way at Derby. I take, your, I take your point about it being a new chant and it, it being associated with great times and easy to sing. But 
You know, I'm a, I'm a teenager of the 90s, and Saturday Night by Wigfield was new at the time. It was easy to, it was easy, <laughs> you know, it was easy to remember. It got fairly basic lyrics, and it reminds me of a good time. It doesn't mean that I, I want to listen to it kind of <laughs> ad nauseum every Saturday afternoon by, by 40,000 kind of people, 40,000 brummies singing it. Do you know what I mean? I just think, just vary it up a bit, a bit like my kind of 90s, my absolute radio. 90s back catalogue is varied that would it would encompass shed seven pulp um i don't know green day just vary up a bit just give us give us a little bit of whole tenders in the sky give us a little bit of um my old man said give us a a a little bit of um you know we're by far the greatest team give it a a little bit of you know we'll follow (laughs) villa over land and sea give it a bit of whatever it might be Paul McGraw, my lord, give it, give it all that. Just, just vary it up. Just don't batter me over the head with it. Yeah, I think once you originally read out that title, "Alala" is overrated. I was like, "Oh no, no, no! Where are we going with this?" But I think "overused" is a better word. I think it's an unpopular opinion to say it's overrated. Yeah, "overused" maybe is a better word rather than "overrated." And I do agree with the, some of the points you've made, but I like it so. I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not having your opinion that it's overrated. Fine, I'm going. It's going to be like that. What's your What's your one then, Dan? Okay, I, I think, and again, because of the, these are unpopular opinions, I'm not. I don't want to kind of put my colours to the mask too much. And I think that if you two give me good reasons here, I'm open to be t- t- turned around. I'm I'm very weak <laughs> with these opinions. Yeah, you can, so, you're completely wrong with that. Let's get on to James's <laughs> next one. My first one is that. The halt end is better when you're not sat in it. I, th- I don't think that's an unpopular opinion because I, I, I'd agree. Because most people, if you said, where would you like to sit at Villa Park or stand, they'd say halt end, everyone would say the halt end. Whereas because I've always grown up sat in the lower trinity, I've had a season ticket in the same seat, I've always looked and watched at the halt end and observed it in its, when it's in full mm. flow over the years and kind of you get to appreciate how loud it is when you when you sit and look up at it. And obviously it's loud when you're in there as well. But I've only sat in there a few times over the years and I always think it's... There's a, obviously people that are in there will have their opinions of it as well, but there's just something about watching it in full flow or watching a goal celebration. Everyone kind of rises up together and you, you being able to witness that rather than when you're in it and a big flag goes over or whatever, you don't get to see it. Or when that big flag comes down, you don't get to appreciate that that much when you're sat looking at the whole end. There's something about that that's special. What I would say, Dan, is um, it's, very, it's semantics here, but when you said the whole end is better when you're not sat in it, I would completely agree with that. The whole end's better <laughs> when you stood in it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> a when it was when it when it was a standing terrace and it was an absolute beast of a place. It was like a kind of moving living organism, yeah, um, with a with a mind of its own. Um, and even now, you don't want to sit down, do you? If you're in the halt end, what what are you going to do? Just sit and sit and applaud politely like you're on last <laughs> at last night's of the, of the proms. <laughs> it is great. The halt end to see it of the even now with a it been an all seating stand as a heaving mass of bodies when yeah. a goal goes in or like you say when when the um, the massive flag gets 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 moved across um it, it is it's something that you you probably can't quite witness it you can't you probably can't quite appreciate it if you're in amongst it that's what i mean or you, yeah. or you appreciate yeah. it in a different way yeah Obviously, football is all about opinions anyway, and the people that have sat there for 20 years or stood there for 20 years would think, oh, what are you talking about? Like, obviously, there's no there's no place I'd rather be than in the whole end because my experience is the opposite of that. I've never really sat in there, apart from a handful of times. I've always been able to sit and watch it. So, yeah, my, my unpopular opinion is the whole end is better when you're not not sat in it. All of my best best filler memories revolve around the whole end 
even being in it. But I think you've hit the nail on the head because my best filler memory uh, involves Sean Maloney. It's kind of only, probably the only memory ever <laughs> out here. So I'm scoring like in the last minute against Fulham and the game looked gone, like more gone than say even Sheffield United when it was 3-3. Um, that game was gone. And he scores, so I think it's to give Villa the win as well. I don't um, remember that. I thought, I, at first, I thought it was a tie. This was ages ago, and I, I was sitting in the, the Witten Lane stand on the floor, like on the on ground level in the first row. And you look up at the whole end, and you can really appreciate what happens when a when it goes off in there. Is it becomes not just like a monument, which is you know what it usually is, it becomes like a living thing, yeah, just yeah. a mass moving um, towards goal, which is a uh, it is something to see, and I think. It's paradoxic. It's like a bit of a paradox because it can't be that without the people being in it. Yeah. But those people in yeah, it, it wouldn't, can't wouldn't be much to look at. Would it is. empty? It'd be, be, well, it'd be <laughs> no. still a nice, still architecturally a nice. nice uh, I was going to say nice erection to look at there, but you'll know that's going to get clipped for, for other purposes. Um, but what, what I would say, what I would say about the whole end is the experience of sitting or standing on the whole end, as opposed to sitting or standing anywhere else in Villa Park. I used to be a Holt End season ticket holder when it was a standing terrace and during the first five or six years, possibly a little bit more of it being a, a, a seated area. Only then have I thought that as a football, as a Villa fan, I can actually influence a result because mm. I can actually, and it's a cliche, but I can actually kind of suck that ball into the into the net. Yeah. I don't, I think anywhere else I sit, at Villa Park and I sit in the top of the Trinity now with, with my lad and his mate we've got season tickets there so I've been in the Trinity for the best part of the last kind of 15 years now because I've obviously been in the press box before then mm. I felt like a spectator I felt like a spectator when I'm in the whole end I feel like a participator yeah. um, so I think there's that difference is that difference? Maybe it's just maybe we're we're we're, we're voyeurs now. Maybe we like to watch <laughs> rather than uh, rather than be involved. Maybe that says says as much about uh, as much about us and our viewing habits as it does about the uh, the whole thing itself. It's it's a it's a really good it's a really good opinion that you've raised. I think uh, I think it'll create some debate. Actually, uh, you've you've half convinced me, but you've not completely convinced me. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not even sure I've fully convinced myself, to be honest, but I just thought I'd go with something slightly more controversial. I think my second one then, if we're going round now, yeah, go for it. Uh, might be a little bit, it might be a little bit more controversial because I've seen the argument for it and I've seen a, a lot of people get quite passionate about it. And it's that I think that the theme from an unmade silent movie, I think it's by Hurricane Smith, that kind of envelopes an Aston Villa era, one of the most successful Aston Villa eras shouldn't ever be played again at Villa Park because it's a ter- terrible, terrible song. It sounds like, you know, the curb your enthusiasm um, <laughs> yeah. kind of injury. It sounds like they've got the tape of that and just <laughs> battered it with a hammer. Like genuinely, when I, I listen that. to it, it sounds like clowns fall. It sounds like clowns falling backwards out of a car. It's te- <laughs> It's awful. Is it? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, yeah. Ba, ba, it's it's ba, ba, crap. Ba, like it don't sound. Ba, ba, it sounds like someone's made it on a little synth, yeah. like a little Andan synth. I'd be f- if my team calm came back, out like that. I'd be absolutely now. Matt, please let James speak. Please. <laughs> you want your team to come out to some energy, right? And Tommy Alvik, when he picked, he picked a decent song. I think when we were first down in the championship, but he had no energy, and people were saying, "Get that hurricane." Um, that. <laughs> theme from an unmade silent movie and i was thinking do you want us just to be laughed at the only thing going for it is nostalgia 
that is yeah. like literally it. I I agree. I totally agree. I remember it's when awful. there was the fan vote for you can vote for what song can come out at some point. I think this was a few years ago. And again, a lot of that 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 the the generation that grew up with that era or enjoyed that era as a, as a teenager or as a young adult and enjoyed success and that that song accompanied it i know my dad likes it um so it's people of, of that kind of age whereas i would listen to it exactly the same as you and think when i heard that for the first time however old i was as a kid i, was, I thought well, this isn't something that would pump you up before a game or something that would get you get you ready to go out for war like it's it sounds like like you said like something you'd hear in a circus or a playground i really don't like it either i'm, I'm with you on that one i think you've um i think you've nailed it with those four words dan my dad likes it. You know, what, what can you say about anything in life that that's an endorsement? I'm not knocking your dad. I just mean dads in general, and I am one. Um, yeah. You know, you, you don't really... If your dad likes it, you're probably not going to have it on your playlist, are you? <laughs> it's just a weird song. I think, you, I think you've nailed it, James. I think, I think with a certain uh, age group, that is a very unpopular opinion. I think for people of our age... Well, Matt, you seem to be on board as well, and you're a little bit older, but definitely people of our age, they just wouldn't associate that with something that Villa would walk out to. And it, uh, yeah, Imagine like the the player final against West Brom last year and it's this big massive game there's fire going off and then we walk out to a song that sounds like a circus should be coming out like it just doesn't make sense I could never get on board we'd have been beaten is what would have happened (laughs) right it's just you have to set the tone coming through right you have to the walk up so I know it it was a big point in the Sunderland until I died we all laughed at it because they made him look like a right idiot uh, Charlie Mefford yeah but it, it, it does play such a valuable role and it's uh, an understated role me personally I see like your villa based in Birmingham, based in Aston, and one of the world's biggest bands is from there, and you're not even playing a song by them, like an energetic song to kind of go and face the uh, the opposition with. I just don't get it, man. I don't mind it as a piece of music that's associated with Aston Villa. I don't think it's the stirring piece of music that you want to whip up an atmosphere or to, to motivate your players. I think it probably just, it, its place is probably just sat upon... 1960s, 1970s showreel clips of Aston Villa, (laughs) rather than something that's going to be cranked up full blast in the dressing room. Oh, I just don't like it. It sounds like if um, Tinky Winky from Teletubbies was a wrestler, (laughs) this would be his intro music. Give older fans who who are nostalgic about that a reason to listen to it, and the only reason is pulling on at half-time when they're kicking that ball towards the target in the middle. That's just that's it. That's the only time I ever want to hear it. God, I've never heard such venom from James Rushton about a song before. But there'll be a certain number of fans that watch or listen to this that'll be fuming at this now, going, I can't believe they're disrespecting the song that I associate with Aston Villa. I'm really sorry, but... I, re- I really do think I'm right on this one. I'm not, I, will, I always pin my flag to my opinion and think it's right, but this one is like, there is no redeeming quality of that song whatsoever. An unpopular opinion for some, but in, in on this podcast, I think you've nailed that one, James. That can go in room 101. Right, my unpopular opinion part two is this. David Platt is a legend. Yeah. Okay. Is that fair? I didn't see him play, but he was a very good player, wasn't he? What's the what's the downside? Villa fans who don't like him tend to kind of airbrush out the fact that he was absolutely fantastic player for Villa. And instead of remembering what he was and what he did for Aston Villa, um, and let's not forget he was part a, a significant part under under Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor the, the, during the first first period under Taylor of, of getting Villa back on their feet mm. um, in the late eighties, and he was just he was a fantastic player. He, he kind of 
he was Frank Lampard before Frank Lampard was Frank Lampard. <laughs> Those late surges into the box to, to score goals. A goal-scoring midfielder. You know, imagine that. A goal-scoring uh-huh. midfielder for Aston Villa. Um, listen, he got a massive slaphead. Uh, <laughs> but so have I. Um, <laughs> but I think what's happened is people choose not to remember what David Platt was like in the Clarence Blue of Aston Villa. They to- choose to remember what has happened since he's left Aston Villa. Um, Explain that story to those that don't know them. For, for me, I don't know the full story. What 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 mm. happened? Well, I'm very much from the school of thought that it's better to have loved and to have lost than never to have loved before <laughs> loved at all. And with David Platt, when he left Villa, he went to Italy and, and had a very successful career in Italy, and then came back to Arsenal. You know, mm-hmm. was a, a regular England international. He was a top class, really, 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 really talented, really able player. But when he left Villa. He kind of didn't really speak about Villa after that. It was almost as if it never happened. The, the Claret and Blue chapter of his career never happened. Um, whereas the Claret and Blue chapter of his career was the thing that actually kind of put him on the road to, to yeah. fame and fortune. He didn't mention yeah. it, but does it matter? It's almost like kind of having a girlfriend who you fall out with, and you had great times with her. <laughs> great, you know, great fun. It was brilliant, but. People change, things happen, she's moved on. And then you're kind of almost kind of stalking a Facebook page for the next 10 years, just thinking, well, why isn't she talking she's about not, me? She's not, shared, she's not shared one of our pictures, you know. <laughs> Remember when we kind of ate spaghetti off the same spoon in San Carlos back in 1991 or whatever? Let it go. Let, let's just enjoy what we had. Okay, so we might not have, 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 have kind of sung from the rafters about how great Aston Villa were and how important they were to him. I don't think he's ever really bad-mouthed Aston Villa. There's a saying in life, you should never meet your heroes. Mm. Which is great, and I've never met him. <laughs> but I had caused I had caused to phone him um, through the course of my job, probably ten, ten or eleven years ago. And before I phoned him, I thought I kept saying, "Don't be an idiot." <laughs> him, not me. I knew I was going to be an idiot. <laughs> Platty, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Please be a good bloke. Please be a good bloke. And he was brilliant. I got him on the phone for ten, or, ten or fifteen minutes from his holiday home in Sardinia. And he spoke, gave me all the lines that I wanted. I can't remember what I was speaking about. I'm sure it was about Aston Villa. <laughs> and at the end, I just kind of had five minutes conversation with him, a bit of fanboy stuff about how great he was and how I loved him at Villa. And he was brilliant. <laughs> he was the nicest bloke on earth. Listen, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice if he was an ambassador for Aston Villa who was flying the flag and talking about Villa all the time and bigging up the fan base and, and talking about what a platform it was for him and how important he was in his career. But... I'd rather have him, like I say, roving from midfield, kind of scoring those goals, yeah. beam, beam into the whole end when he when he celebrated and what he stood for then, being the poster boy for, for a bright new era for Aston Villa. I'd rather have that. And if it means that he never mentions Aston Villa again, then so be it. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your original your original phrasing? Your unpopular opinion is David Platt is a legend. Is that what you said? David Platt is an Aston Villa legend and also a Coronation Street legend. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe the wording of that would be unpopular. I, I don't know, and I don't, I'm obviously speaking for people that are before my time. I'm not sure whether many people would yeah. class him as a legend for Aston Villa. I think they'd recognise him as a very good player, and he would be a hero to some. This is kind of the hero, iconic legend debate, isn't it? What words you give these people? Uh, Ian yeah. Taylor was a Villa legend. Is is David Platt a Villa legend? I'm not sure, but I think... He the, is, mate, yeah. I think, okay. Yeah, he is. There's no debate about it. I would treat Matt's thing is David Platt a legend is does the player have a certain reverence when people speak about him is there a certain kind of aura and I think David Platt has that the way people speak about it, it's like with, with Gordon Cowens and and you know the precursors in that like playmaker position is 
the way they're speaking about these Brian Littles, these David Platts, these Gordon Cairns, is of a certain yeah. quality, and they all kind of, when people say stuff about them, there's differences in ability, but when people speak about them, they're usually going along the same line. So I'd say, yes, having not even seen him, the way people speak about him to me, would tell me that. You can have that one then, Matt. Thanks, mate. I uh, appreciate that. Shall I move on to mine? My, the last one. Go on, then. Yeah. You're a bit scared about this one, uh, aren't you? I'm a little bit nervous, yeah. I think, uh, James, I feel like you and I have potentially talked about this in the past, and I think you might agree with me. So this is why I've gone for it, because I'm hoping that you'll back me up a little bit. <laughs> so you're going to you're dragging me down <laughs> yeah, with this? Like, if you go down, I'm coming feel, down. Feel free to disagree. I'm just going to drop this. There's five words that I've written. I'm just going to drop this in and not say anything and let you two kind of discuss the aftermath. aftermath. My unpopular opinion is... The round badge is overrated. Absolutely. I like the round badge. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, again, I think this is a, a, a lot down the same lines as the theme from an unmade silent movie thing that people of a certain generation will associate that badge with success for Villa. From I've done some research somewhere. I don't know what tab it's in there. That we had it between kind of the know, 70s and the early 90s or something like that. Aesthetically, I'm looking at it now and this might be a, a dodgy kind of photoshop kind of job that it's just on some web co- website but the colors don't even look right to me those colors aren't claret and blue to me the claret is not claret it's more like an orangey tan brown and the blue is very kind of like almost the blue that i'm wearing in this shirt rather than like a sky blue pale. i understand that that badge means success for people and i understand that when you see photos of us lifting the european cup that is the badge you associate with it and i understand that i'm not stupid but aesthetically looking at it i just don't like it i don't like round badges in general either i just think they look tacky i like a shield or a kind of something that's got a bit of uniqueness to it rather than a kind of generic circle. I think it's very easy. Like, I look at badges now, again, doing a little bit of research. I associate round badges now, those, like, modern, flashy ones that get redesigned, like Chelsea, Man City. Yeah, like a Bristol Bristol City one, one, isn't it? It was just like the Bristol City used to be a Robin, and then it's like, oh, I'll just put it in a circle. Like, I don't like that. Imagine, like, if Villa brought it back now, it wouldn't be what it was. It would be a modern version of the lion and the the lettering and stuff, but stuck in a a circle that I think would just look cheap. Like, I like something with, you know, a bit of shape or texture or whatever you want to say, like Liverpool is the, the lion of a bird man united newcastle even everton have got like the, they've got like those little chimney things on that i don't know what it is i don't know what it is it's like a castle isn't it or something i don't know but i like things that have got a bit of kind of shape or style to them whereas a round badge that isn't even really claret and blue unless that photo is wrong but i don't know i just don't like it i don't i don't like that badge and i would not like them to bring it back what what i would say is that over recent years Villa have spent an absolute fortune on consultants <laughs> yeah. and graphic designers <laughs> and creative, you know, outsourcing to these creative influencers and all this just to get, you know, what is it? I think I think it cost them about two million quid to work to, to remove the word prepared off a badge. Yeah, and you're thinking. Oh, I remember um, Richard Fitzgerald, who was very briefly the CEO. Um, probably around 2007, 2008, at a big kind of fanfare with release the new badge that day. And I'll never forget, somebody, we put it straight out, we did a story on it, the first reaction we got was something like, it looks like it, it looks like a sick cat coughing up a furball, something <laughs> like that. And just think, again, it, it, it is a bit like me clinging to, to David Platt because uh, of the Blue Peter badge. People cling, <laughs> cling to this round badge because it was simpler times, it was successful times, and I don't think people are looking at it through your aesthetic eye, Dan. I think they're yes, looking at it yeah, because it brings them comfort from, from the times when, when yeah. Aston Villa um, were half decent. I understand why it's important to people, but I'm just not fussed about it. I, I wouldn't be bothered about 
you know, signing a petition to get that back and all these things that go around on Twitter every couple of years to bring back the round badge. No, don't. I'm not bothered. I think the best Villa badge is probably the one I had in the 50s because that, that one always strikes to me as like the Aston Villa badge. It's like a, a shaped shield. Yeah, it's got the lion. It's got um, prepared... And there's even a different one, I think, if you go through the crest history, there's one that doesn't have a crest. It's a lion and just AV underneath. And I think that one's pretty cool. It's, it's the same as a nostalgia thing, isn't it? People want that comfort in a round badge. And I'm not against a round badge redesign. I just think in Villa's history, you have a few certain things that always crop up. And the round badge is only a small slice of that. So we don't necessarily need to go back to that as much as it's okay. I, I, don't, I personally don't like it. But round badges are just an in thing now. And I think if you go to a modernised brown villa badge you just simply fall into this identical pattern like brentford it just looks highly stylized and not really reflect a, a brand that that is attached to the shirt it just looks a bit off to me and a bit modern for the sake of modern do you know what i'd love to see i'd love to see david platt wearing a gilet with a round <laughs> badge on Sitting in the whole end, listening to a mashup of theme from the an unmade silent movie mixed with a la la la. Honestly, mate, that's what I'm yearning for. I'm missing football I mean, so much. I'd love to see that. What a way to end as well. Matt has been sitting there waiting for the perfect moment. <laughs> yeah, we've done our six unpopular opinions. This has been one of my favourite episodes that we've done for a while, actually. We've covered a, a, a wide range of topics kind of by chance that we've all kind of given six six subjects out of nowhere. And it's been a nice mashup of AVFC memories and and different thoughts and kits and music and all sorts. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I don't, don't know if you two did. I don't know whether the audience did, but I, I had a nice time. I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I thought that was <laughs> award-winning. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was definitely unpopular. I thought definitely. it was brilliant. <laughs> I think it's going to get record viewing figures, and I think the comments <laughs> on there talking about how nice my tracksuit top is, it's, it's going to go through the roof, mate. Generally. Oh, yeah. You've hyped up this tracksuit jacket, so I'm looking forward to seeing it when I do the edit as well. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to cut the arms off it, mate, when I've gone and get Tim Sherwood <laughs> to spit in the pocket. <laughs> oh, goodness me. I think that's a nice way to end it. Uh, thank you both for joining me this evening. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Claret Blue podcast, I think this is episode 32 now, let us know. Leave an iTunes review. Leave a, a comment on YouTube. Get in touch with us on social media as well if you want to. Um, obviously, we can take your comments and, and use them for future podcasts as well. Uh, we'll be back at some point next week with a, another episode where I think the next one we do might be this this, be- this best kits one that we keep teasing and haven't recorded yet so that probably might need to, to come next so stay tuned for that um, thank you very much for tuning in on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify wherever you're listening and uh, we'll see you again soon thank you very much and up the villa thank you for listening to Claret and Blue an Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then Hope the villa.